We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. What's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Chater, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, back again with another Game of the Week preview. Previewing game two of this Knicks and Miami Heat matchup. And with me today to break this game down is none other than Brady Hawk. He's the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. But before we ask Brady how he's doing today, make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. Brady, how you doing today, man? How you feeling? I'm doing good. How you been? Could be better, man. You know, I want to see the Knicks win and, uh, you know, take game one. You know, Miami where it was able to steal game one from the Knicks. Knicks did a terrible job shooting the three. But, hey, it's a long series, man. I expect this one to go six. Uh, I've been calling the Knicks to win this one in six. But we're not here to talk about my my series uh, prediction. We're here to talk about what we saw from game one, preview game two. So let's get into this. Brady, what did you see from game one that – Miami did because the Knicks came out strong. They they were in control throughout most of the first half. You know, going to the second, going by the end of half, Knicks were up five. Come out to the second half, Miami was able to go on a run. What did you see from Game One that Miami did in order to take that lead and win the game? Yeah, it was a weird scenario because even when you mentioned them being up five, it felt like in Miami's kind of perspective, it was like. We're only down five. Like, they didn't feel like they played a great half. It felt like New York was clicking early in that game. And then, obviously, they kind of went on a run in the second half, as you mentioned. But defensively, uh, I was interested in some of the matchups because they were they obviously deployed Jimmy uh, on Brunson. He was still able to get on his, into his spots. Uh, something they've done since forever I can remember is they put Gabe Vincent on R.J. Barrett. And something Spo has always seems to do is he's like, RJ beat us kind of thing. And he was doing Mm -hmm. that early in the game. Like he was beating them and he was kind of doing his thing. They deployed different matchups. But I think if there was one takeaway we both could have, it's that Miami forced them kind of to to shoot the three ball and they just didn't hit it effectively. Like they just, the shots didn't drop. What did it end up? Seven of 34. Like that's just, that's just not going to cut it if you're New York because 
those are kind of the shots that they were happening. And we talk about all the time about building a wall and this this phrase that Miami gets crowned with defensively. Uh, but they did it in a different way, I guess, against Brunson. They were he was still able to get to his spots though. Like it was like it's funny because if we're comparing, because it's always New York and Miami, it's always clashing. Like it's always these comparable things. But if there was mm-hmm. one comparable element, it's there's I don't think that the ways that Jimmy and Brunson get to their spots is so similar to me. Like just the way that if once they get to their spot in the floor. They're going to find a way to get it up and probably hit it most of the time. So that was kind of the one thing. Uh, but Miami offensively, I thought they they did some good things in, in terms of uh, they're hitting their shots. Jimmy was kind of sending, getting three defenders sent to him, as we all expected. Uh, after that Milwaukee series, <laughs> that I, I still to this, to this moment don't understand why he didn't see a double. Uh, I think it was eight total doubles he saw in the Milwaukee series. We mm. knew that was not going to happen when it was New York. They were sending three ty- guys at him sometimes. It's like, if I'm the defensive team, I am making Miami sh- everybody else's shooters beat me, uh, and it kind of worked out. They come extra some extra swings. Gabe got going early in the game. Max hit some threes, uh, so it was just uh, threes tell the story. It feels like it, that was kind of the story for me, at least to, to kind of detail game one. But it was it was an interesting dynamic because I thought there was some adjustments back and forth, like I mentioned. But game two feels like, and I know we'll get into this, but a total different game, especially with the with the injury report that we're seeing. Absolutely. But before we get into to game two, you know, for, for, for what I saw, it was more that, you know, you talked about it. Miami dared the New York Knicks to shoot the three and they just continued to have, they continue to struggle. You know, this entire playoff run for the Knicks, they haven't been shooting the three ball well. Uh, just to give you some numbers, game one against Cleveland, they shot 20.6% from three. Game two against Cleveland, they shot 31%. Game three, they shot 27.6%. Game four, they shot 30.3%. Game five, they shot 24.1%. And against Miami, they shot 21.6%. It has been a struggle just for them to get up to league average. And I think that was what was on Spose, you know, on his scouting reports. Like, yo, if we're going to allow, because in the beginning, it was just interesting. They allowed Brunson, RJ just to do whatever they want. And then it was like, all right, let's see if these guys can actually shoot the three. And that was really it at the end of the day. Um, to me, I thought it was more so the Knicks just struggling from three. That game was so close. It wasn't that either team was really landing a blow that was so crazy. I mean, New York was just on a crazy run in the first in the first half. I knew Miami was going to get back into some sort of rhythm. I thought it was going to be closer than that once the second half came around. But to me, these are two these are two like evenly matched teams. The way they're going about it, more so on the defensive end. You know, offensively, I think from what we saw, I, I was not expecting Kyle Lowry to have uh, the performance that he did for 18 points, shot 5 of 12 from the field, but went 3 for 6 from downtown. That was a good performance by him, especially with the 6 assists. And then you also had Gabe Vincent putting up 20 points. Um, those are kind of, you know, guys that if I'm Tibbs, I'm like, all right, I'll allow those guys to beat us if that's how we're going to lose, and that's what happened. H- have you been seeing that type of performance? Like, I... I've been in and out for what Miami did against Milwaukee, but how's Lowry, how's Gabe Vincent been performing for for them so far? So it's weird because there's this this thing where Gabe is just, he's going to get shots up. Like that is pretty clear. There's been this trend specifically in the playoffs and it's it's kind of the Tyler Hero trend where he's picking up a lot of the shots that he, kind of his shot diet. Uh, so he gets shots up early in the game and, and kind of we saw an uptick for him, I guess, in percentages wise because he's kind of been up and down throughout the season. Uh, and then Kyle's clicking at the right time. It seems like he's moving a lot better. He seems a little like that fourth quarter. Uh, we've talked a lot about Kyle on the different on different ends of the scale this season. 
But that fourth quarter just felt like he just had it going. And you mentioned like like how kind of what's been the trend, I guess, in the postseason. He had that big game in the first playing game. Like they played Atlanta in that first playing game. They lose. But man, was Kyle insanely good in that game. Like he had an all-time performance in that game for Miami. And they still don't end up winning. Uh, so we've seen their their pull-up shooting is is kind of just hitting, which is important. But you mentioned the Knicks three-point numbers, and I was looking at it today and I put it out there. Here's just some of the Heat's three-point shooting numbers, which make absolutely zero sense. Like, this is the worst three-point shooting team in the regular season. Yeah. And then you, you turn it around, and, and this is the playoff numbers. It's Duncan is 58% from three. Jimmy, 43. Kevin Love, 43. Gabe, 42. Max, 41. Kyle, 40. Caleb, 38. When that happens, it, it's just hard to overlook that. Like, it, that is the game. Like, that is their run right now. Like, they are just absolutely peaky at the right time from deep. Uh, so I don't know if they're, if trends even matter, to be honest, for guys like Vincent or Lowry, because just right now they're hitting, and I guess they're just confident in those pull-ups. And like I said, the Tyler element, the one element that when he went out, I was like, I don't know how they replicate his pull-up shooting. Like, that was what opened up. It felt like so much of their offense was just when he got to the elbow, when he got to the high pick and roll and got to his pull-ups from deep. And I was like, who's going to replicate that enough? And it's just been a little bit from everybody. It's been a little bit from Gabe, a little bit from Kyle, a little bit down the line. So I feel like that's that's been important. The question is if they can keep it going going forward. Yeah, definitely. That's the question that I have, right? Is that because when the Knicks have faced the Heat throughout the entire regular season, it's been different cast of characters that kind of show up every single time, right? I mean, you know you're going to have your mainstays with like Randall and, and Brunson for the Knicks, and it's going to be Jimmy, and when Hero was healthy, it's going to be those two guys. But it's like, who's going to be that next factor that comes in here and really swings the tide for this game? And you know, I'll be interested to see who that is for the Knicks uh, for this upcoming matchup and, and who it will be for Miami this time because you let me know. Is this something that you could expect from Gabe Vincent? Like, I feel like 20 points and, and like Kyle Lowry, like, this is like they'll do it one game, go quiet the next one, and it's going to be somebody else. And then it's just, you know, it's like three-card yeah. three Monty. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, in terms of, of kind of comparing this game one, like, the one advantage we were talking about forever is the the advantage for New York in terms of the bench points and just the fact that their their depth is there, the bench scoring is there, and Kyle Lowry off the bench outscores the entire Knicks bench. Like if, if you're New York, that can't happen. Like that can't happen defensively, and that can't happen offensively. Like you you have to be able to kind of find that base with your bench scores, and and some of it's different to because you Randall out, you have some guys stepping into the starting lineup, so a little bit's a little wacky, but. You still can't have that happen. They have to dominate the bench points, it feels like. And they have to dominate transition, which has kind of been their base. It feels like getting those turnovers going out on the break. And when Kevin Love is throwing three outlet passes in a row in the third quarter and kind of a, a team that is, by the way, we could talk about frequency of transition and, and just not being like going into transition a lot, which is Miami. But if there was an, I don't think there's an uglier fast break team to watch. If you were watching this game one through one through 90, this team has no idea how to run a fast break. Like they run into each other, the ball's fumbling, they take pull up threes and transition because it's their only look. It's randomly clicking right now, which makes zero sense. Like they're averaging like the most points per possession in the playoffs in transition. So it's once again, like it's basketball's a weird thing. Sometimes you peak at the right time. But yeah, those are two elements I feel like New York can't lose the transition game and, and the bench points. Yeah, don't get me angry. Don't get me angry, Brady. Don't get me angry. And once again, we are talking to Brady Hawk. He's the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. Also, Knicks Nation, just to let you know, and just as a reminder, for Game 2, the watch party is at the 4040 Club. Jay-Z's 4040 Club, to be exact. So if you can't make it to MSG, 
tomorrow night. Make sure to go to 4040. Get your tickets at kftvplayoffs.com. All right, Brady, keeping this thing moving along, let's talk about game two now. You know, game two is tomorrow. Uh, you can catch game two on TNT. They will be playing at, what's the time that I got over here right now? They're starting at 730 on TNT. Home at Madison Square Garden for the New York Knicks. What do you expect? Well, actually, let me, let me, let me pull this back a little bit because there's some injury reports. Well, let's, let's, let me pull that back a little bit. First thing. You got Jimmy Butler, who's questionable tomorrow because of his ankle where, you know, the whole uh, trip up with uh, Josh Hart yet, uh, on Sunday. You have Jalen Brunson with a surprise injury report uh, today saying that he's questionable because of a sore ankle. And then you have Julius Randle, who is questionable for tomorrow because of his sprained ankle. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you expect Jimmy Butler to play tomorrow? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? If I'm, I would lean no. That's okay. where I would lean personally. Like I, I see them approach it, and it's such a risky game. If this is the way they're approaching, I think it's just that he won't be ready, so they'll rest him. But it's we saw with the Milwaukee series when when Giannis got hurt, and they said kind of they gave him that extra game off in Game Three. Miami ends up winning, and that kind of turned the series around. Like if he came back a game earlier, maybe things look different. So you don't want to play that game if you're Miami here, where you like sit Jimmy because you feel like you stole your game. Like I think that's nonsense, but. I don't expect him, I guess, to be ready. And I think their approach is like, we'll give him five or six days off until Saturday because it's this weird schedule where you play Tuesday, you have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. I don't even know what is happening with the schedule. But uh, (laughs) in terms of Jimmy, like there's all the logic that says he won't play. But if you know anything about Jimmy Butler, because everybody thinks that he probably will play. So like there's such an unexpected element of this. And it's been like this, I think for every team, like we, I keep comparing it to the Milwaukee series, but like every game was like, oh, is Giannis going to play? Is Giannis going to play? And then all of a sudden we get the thing at the last second. It's like, it's been like that in the regular season as well. Or you see with Julius Randle, it's the same stuff all along. Uh, but yeah, there's totally two totally different game plans at hand between somewhat to this degree of Julius Randle playing or not playing. But when you have this, this team in Miami that is so reliant on Jimmy Butler, like everything is on the back of him. It is like, two absolutely different ends of the room in terms of game plan. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. If Jimmy Butler doesn't play, it's it's totally different. For offensively, I would be very curious to see how the Miami Heat make up for that because it's one thing not to have Hero and still have Butler, 
But then you're going to ask Bam to be that offensive catalyst, or you're going to ask really Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, those guys once again to really step up. Uh, it'd probably be like any other team that gets more to team basketball, trying to look for the best shot possible if that's to happen. But you still need another player to get things going because what Jimmy Butler does, it's the same thing. You know, you mentioned it for Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's able to get to his spots. Jimmy's able to get to his spots. And when you have the entire defense collapsing on that one guy because of their such a threat uh, in isolation, it just opens it up for the offense. You know, for the Knicks, Brunson being questionable is, like, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I wonder if this is just to say, hey, you know, like, it's just out there. I would expect him to play, in all honesty. Yeah. I feel like it, it – because it's sore. It came up last minute. You saw him play through it the entire time yesterday. Maybe it was sore during the game yesterday and that was affecting his shot from three. But I expect him, if it's not that serious, like I didn't see him like limping or anything like that, this is the playoffs. I expect him to put on a brace, whatever, and to be out there. Julius Randle, because of his sprained ankle, which is the same left ankle that he sprayed against Miami in the right. like the the last the last matchup between Miami during the regular season and it's the same ankle they hurt against Cleveland I expect him to come back I expect him to be back for this game I I think when you watch what happened in game one the practice that he went through in warm-ups for game one he looks ready I think New York is like we need him back just because you need somebody who can draw that much attention like Brunson I mean between both of them they're going to draw both draw double teams between Brunson and Randall so for New York you need both those guys out there I expect both of them to play. And if Randall doesn't play, it's the same thing that we saw uh, in game one. Obi's going to be out there. I would just hope that Tib says, hey, you know, especially when he was our best three-point shooter, you just leave him out there just to help space the four. That's the only thing I would want to see differently if Randall can't go, but I do expect him to be there for game two. And if there was one thing, I mean, everything that we know what Julius Randall provides, but if there was one thing to notice from game one, it's like they just need a second creator. <laughs> like They just need it badly. They just need somebody to free up Brunson in a way it's from possession to possession where they can't just wall him off. Like That seems like the, the major difference here. Uh, but it's funny because we keep talking about the three-point shooting and we keep kind of noticing all this stuff. If I think specifically if they don't, if Jimmy doesn't play. Defensively, I think Miami's, one of their adjustments is they're going to play so much zone. Like I, I think that's mm. kind of what they're going to lean into and they're going to say, well, New York just shot twenty, a little over 20% from three. We love our zone. The zone forces a bunch of three-point looks. If they make them in, in a game we don't have Jimmy, then we'll live with it kind of thing. And I think you're just going to see them deploy a whole bunch of zone throughout the game after probably the six-minute mark of the first quarter, and, and they'll see how it goes. But it'll be an interesting dynamic because I wonder how much of it matters if Randall plays or if he doesn't play. Uh, because we know how he can get to his different spots. I, I know you know how he gets you know the baseline stuff and all of that. I wonder if they force him in those different looks in the middle of the floor. Uh, I guess I'll ask you, what, what, is, what do you feel like his level is against that zone? Like if, if you were to kind of get a level on it. So for like for Randall, it would depend on if he can knock down his three, right? He's a yeah. 34% shooter, high volume. He's averaging about eight attempts this season. And that's usually what he does when he gets into the game. He, he sees if he can knock the three ball down and he's been pretty solid in, in You know, he's been pretty solid for the high volume he's been, but it's up and down on some games. All right. Some days it's like really good from three other days. It's a little tough, but it's also based on the amount of it's based on the volume that he takes too. like, he's not the most 
lethal knockdown shooter from three, right? Like he's not going to be like a Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson's prime, like, you know, shooting close, if not 40% from three on high volume, right? But with that, with the eight attempts, you still have to honor because he's still around hovering close to league average. So if he's rolling, he's that type of guy that if he's putting up eight threes, he could put up, he could hit six of those eight. So you still have to honor it. The question is, will he be able to do it that game? And that's kind of what, we miss from Randall because he has been the leading three-point shooter of this team. Brunson shooting well on the season, shot 40% as well from, from three. But if you don't have Randall and you're relying on Brunson and you're not going to get solid three-point shooting from RJ, Grimes has been a little bit up and down. Quickly's our next best three-point shooter and Quickly has just not played well for most of the playoffs so far. And he played, he didn't play well against Miami whatsoever. He had some moments, but for the most part, he was just out of it. And if you're going to rely on Obi and Brunson to be your best three-point shooters, it's going to be a tough time for New York. So really, like, having Randall back, he will draw the double team, but he can also help break the zone if he's shooting the three-ball well. Other than that, if he's not, I just expect him to try to get to his spot in the post 15 feet out and try to knock down some jumpers right there and try to bust it that way as well. Yeah, it's a good point. And we keep coming back to three-point shooting. It just feels like everything <laughs> is, just is a full circle effect uh, right back to it. So uh, that part will be interesting. Like, And the other reason is when you don't have Jimmy to guard Brunson, like they, I think Caleb did a pretty good job on him. Like That's kind of their next guy up to guard him. Uh, but that's a big loss in terms of kind of trying to cut off ahead of a snake on the other team, and you lo- lose that guy as well. Not only the offensive but the threat, but the defensive threat. And then you get Randall back into the fold, and then I guess matchups look like Bam on Randall, uh, and Caleb Price slides in the starting lineup. So it's like they're just battling so many things in, in terms of this game is going to look completely different than Game One. <laughs> like nothing is, no trends are probably going to look the same on either team. Like both shot profiles, both defensive styles, everything's going to look different. So that part's going to be interesting. And we look at, we were, I know we were talking about it before, but the the no Jimmy aspect of things. That's more on the plate for Bam, and we're going to see how that looks because Bam has been kind of battling through an injury, and, and mm-hmm. he's kind of been he's kind of been out of his sorts a little bit. Like the that Milwaukee matchup just forced him into the same shot over and over, and it was like, well, New York plays similar because they play that drop and close off the rim, but he can at least get different spots because New York's not as sticking to it as Milwaukee is. Milwaukee is just they are what they are. Like they don't get out of it one bit. Like they are mm-hmm. stubborn. They don't make the adjustment out of it. So. Maybe Bam can get different shots. We'll see how that looks like if there is no Jimmy. But it seems like Miami's ideology is just, we are going to, like, that first quarter for Miami in game one, they got up 17 threes, I think. Like, mm-hmm. that'll probably be even more, even more in game two. Like, their style is going to be, we'll just get to put up a bunch of threes without Jimmy. That's always been their style. If they drop, they drop. If they don't, well, it's going to be trouble because they don't really have a, they don't really have another rim pressure guy like Jimmy. Like, you go down the roster, it's like, Bam, maybe Kyle on certain nights, but it's not really. And it's just like a long line of guys that you are not going to put a ton of pressure on the rim on ball. So they're just going to get a bunch of threes up. And then once again, like I just said, we come right back to the threes. It is once again, right. Coming right back to the three. And that's interesting from, for a Knicks defensive standpoint, right? If that's what they're going to do and they're not going to attack the paint, that's what the Knicks are known for, right? They're protecting the paint. Actually, defending the three is kind of where they've been up and down throughout the entire regular season. Some nights it's like, oh, everything's clicking. Other nights it's not. And the thing is, when you watch the Knicks defend the three, it's not that they're – it's been different. Tibbs is now, like, adjusted, as you talked about, for Milwaukee, right? They're not so 
they're not so rigid with the drop right. coverage where you're, or, or you're just packing the paint. Sometimes you'll see the blitz. Sometimes you'll see the hedge, uh, you know, or, or not the hedge. I should say, you'll see the blitz. Sometimes you'll see, uh, was it the, both guys, uh, was it playing high, right? You're playing high above the screen just to, to wall off. That's been the difference maker for Tibbs this, this, uh, this playoff series. Cause we haven't seen really a lot of that during the regular season for the most part, he just sticks to drop coverage. But the thing is for the Knicks is that because they're protecting the paint, everyone's got to, to, to rush out and close out on a three. And it's got to be a hard closeout, right? That's very difficult to do. Very difficult to do on a basketball court. Uh, so, and especially the way people get through, shoot the three nowadays. So I expect, I'm interested to see how Tibbs adjusted that. If Miami's going to stick to a heavy three-point shooting affair, if there's no Jimmy Butler, yeah. because at that point, how much do you need to play drop, right? Because if it's only going to be bam, like you don't need to, protect the paint that much if you're going to try to dare just Kyle Lowry like I don't really see Martin doing uh, attacking the lane like that I don't see Vince attacking the lane like that so and I know Duncan Robinson is not driving down the lane like that I know that for a fact <laughs> hey everyone Alex here has there ever been a moment in your life where you're trying to buy a ticket to an event and it was just a hassle you know trying to find them at the last minute hunting down the best price competing with other buyers for that popular event you're trying to attend for me, it was buying Knicks tickets not too long ago. As you know, I'm out here in Boston, and when the Knicks were in town, it was just a pain in the butt to get some tickets. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be that stressful. So download the app GameTime or go to GameTime.co. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. If you're in the New York area right now and you're a sports fan, there's a couple things that you may want to check out. You know, the Giants are in town facing the Yankees, so maybe you want to head over to Yankee Stadium. If you're a Knicks fan like me, the Wizards are going to be in town, so maybe you want to go over to MSG and rock your orange and blue. Or maybe you're a Mets fan. You got the home opener next week. The Miami Marlins will be in town, so why not check that out? Either way, make sure to use the Game Time app because it's simple and easy to use. Also, they got flash deals, and you can always find tickets at the last minute. And if you're like me, you want to know where you're sitting and what your seats look like, and they always give you images of the seats and the views. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app or go to gametime.co, create an account, and use the code KFTV for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code KFTV for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I would expect them to blitz, like I would. Like that feels like the you mentioned the blitzing part of it. That that would kind of be they did it a little bit on Gabe in that game, even mm -hmm. game one. Like they threw a lot of blitzes at him, which is something Tyler has seen time and time again. And that's kind of been a base of their offense now because every time he goes off a screen, it's a blitz. Mm -hmm. I was I was interested to see them throwing that at, at Gabe and, and, and Kyle, specifically when Jimmy's playing. Now, when Jimmy's not playing in a game two scenario possibility, 
I would expect that a ton, and I think that's where things could get a little weird for Miami. Like, yeah, they can get a bunch of threes up, uh, but they're going to need Bam to kind of pitch a perfect game, it feels like, almost. It's not even as a scorer, but if they're blitzing and they're hitting him in the pocket and now he's running four on threes backside, like, they're going to need him to make Jimmy-like decisions consistently, and they're going to need him to not, because he's been a little turnover-prone with the hands lately, like, kind of... (laughs) You even saw it in that game one. Like, he goes low with the ball, gets it stripped sometimes. Like, they need him to pitch a perfect game as a hub. So, it'll be, I, th- I think it'll be a fun adjustment game because it feels like two teams that are just going to be kind of trying things out, it feels like, on the fly. And once again, we are talking to Brady Hawk. He is the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. Once again, Knicks Nation, if you cannot go to MSG to catch this game, you can go to the 4040 Club. Jay-Z's 4040 Club, hosted by KFTV. Make sure to go to kftvplayoffs.com to go get your tickets. All right? And salute to all the channel members. Salute to Knicks Nation, everyone in the chat right now. Appreciate all you tuning in live. We got 200, We got over 200 people in the chat right now. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. All right, Brady. Going to get you out of here real real quick. Uh, I got a, few, got a few more questions for you. I know you mentioned the three-point shooting. That will be the change. If, let me ask you this, if, let's just say the improbable does happen, right? Which is, you don't have any Jimmy Butler, no Julius Randle, no Jalen Brunson. Oh, God. Let's say, let's say this is the game that we have for game two, and you're already talking about this is going to be an interesting game of just feeling out and adjustments all over the place. What would you expect Miami to do defensively to guard that, that type of team? Man, that's interesting. I think... Like I said, I I really do expect a ton of zone. Like, that is kind of the main thing there. Uh, in terms of if there is no Brunson or Randall defensively for Miami, I think they switch everything in terms of I think Love will probably stay on Mitchell Robinson and they'll just have Bam kind of switch all over the place because they kind of anchor Bam down and when there's that, that Brunson-type player, when there's that kind of on-ball type player. But if that's not the case, they probably would move everybody around. So it's... Like I said, it's a, probably a totally different game plan, and I'd expect the same for, like you said before, I'd expect the same for the Knicks defensively. Like, if there's no Jimmy, they're probably not protecting the paint as much. They're probably playing higher up to the screen. They're probably sending more blitzes. Uh, so it feels like a totally different game plan. But, man, would that be would that be something if we walk into tomorrow with no Brunson, Randall, or Jimmy? Like, I, I, that feels like a definitely an improbable situation. But uh, I definitely would think, Brunson at least plays. He feels like the most likely of the three, wouldn't you think? Yeah, no, 100%. I think he plays. It's just, you know, when you see when you see injury reports and just the way the playoffs have gone so far, as you noted out earlier, right, we saw it's just they did, they did that for Quentin Grimes where he's like, he's questionable to play and he doesn't play. He's And yeah. it's it's just stuff like that where there's some game gamesmanship, you know, and these are two seasoned coaches, you know. We got Eric Spolster on one side, Tom Thibodeau. They faced each other in Eastern Conference uh, Finals before. They're very, they're very familiar with each other's strategy. So I expect there to be some gamesmanship. Just be like, oh, well, we have no idea. We won't know how Jimmy's feeling until tomorrow. Tibbs is like, oh, well, Brunson, well, let me throw Jalen out there. Wait, 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 let's see how you figure this out now. You know, I feel like that's what we're getting right now from, from both of these uh, coaches. But we'll see you tomorrow, man. It'll be interesting to see who suits up and, and how everything unfolds. But another question for you. Well, I'll say the last question for you. This is the last question for you, and then, and then we'll get you out of here. Who's your X factor going into uh, tomorrow's game for the Miami Heat? Because you got, you know, you, you got Kyle Lowry, you got Gabe Vincent. I feel like you got you got you got greedy over there with two X factors. So who's your X yeah. factor for tomorrow? For tomorrow, I feel like Bam would be the easy answer. But if like I was doing a, a focus <laughs> conversation, I would probably lean Bam because they need him in that way. 
But I'll go in a different direction. I think it's probably Duncan Robinson. I Duncan think he, Robinson. I think he could be an X factor because in a scenario where you don't have uh, Jimmy, you don't have the same rim pressure guys. Like I said, you're going to need to get a bunch of shots up from deep. Duncan's been the one guy to kind of replicate some of the things Tyler did. And what I mean by that is he, I don't think there's a better person on the team that gets Bam the ball than Duncan Robinson. Like he just, mm. he knows how to do it. He's really good in the pocket passes. He just has a really good connection with them back from when they first in 2020, when it was like handoff after handoff after handoff. And that was kind of their whole offense. And the reason they got to that point in that 2020 year, uh, but if Duncan could get going from deep in terms of, of the three-point shooting, it changes the out- offensive outlook for Miami. So, like, if there was an X factor, that's it. But the question is, if, like, a Brunson, let's say let's say Brunson plays, he's on the other end, Brunson is going to attack Duncan constantly. <laughs> like, that's the issue. Like, so when, I, when one of Miami's shooters like that gets going, it's, it's a balance because it's like, yeah, you keep them on the floor to, floor to close, but then they're being attacked constantly on the other end because Miami is known for just giving up easy switches uh, mm. on the perimeter. So it's then now there's over-reliance on sending a double. Now it's a kick out for an open shot. So it's like, it's a cycle, but I do think Duncan could change kind of the feel to, to this game too. Okay. Okay. You're going to go with Duncan Robinson. I see some of you in the chat saying DW shorts. I see a RJ Barrett being the X factor. He can't be an X factor, man. If he's been consistent for the last three games. All right, RJ's been RJ's been RJ's been doing well the last three games. You can talk about the last fourth quarter was a struggle. That's another story. Mm. But I'm, outside of uh, outside of RJ Barrett, I'm gonna go with Emmanuel quickly. He's been struggling, mm. and if there's one thing I've seen through the playoffs with him so far, he shows up for showed up for game three, showed up for game five. I expect him to like shake off the nerves and come out and play a decent game. I expect him to play a decent game. I know defensively he'll be fine. But the offensive side, he has been struggling. I need to see him have a good game because this is not the Emmanuel Quickly who is in consideration for six-man of the year so far. He's been very inconsistent. He's been one of the more consistent players throughout the regular season, and he needs to step up, finally find his, his shooting touch, attack the lane when he sees an opening, facilitate. I'm going to go with Emmanuel Quickly being the X factor to tomorrow just because you also need that secondary uh playmaker you know outside of if it's if if it's only Brunson Miami will be able to double triple you know blitz him try to force someone else to be a playmaker that's why you have quickly out there in those closing minutes to be that secondary uh, facilitator so I need to see quickly step up for tomorrow all right Brady I'm gonna this is the this is the bonus question because I see some people in the chat asking this they want to know who do you have winning tomorrow and uh what's the score Man, I feel like I'd have to hold it down for the the Miami side of things. Okay, uh, but I, I I feel reluctant. Like I do. Like I feel like they got their one. It would be an absolute miracle if they got both in the Garden and to start out this series, especially because of the fact I think they don't have Jimmy. Uh, I'll be honest. I I think this is a close game. I think Jimmy doesn't play. I think it's a close game, and the Knicks kind of squeak one out in the end, and they it, the Knicks probably end up winning the clutch game, but uh. Miami's the one thing I will say is like nobody's going to give Miami a chance in this game and I probably wouldn't either and I think most Heat fans probably wouldn't either but the weird thing is this team is oddly confident right now in a, mm. in, a in a scary way where and I mean that with when you're playing with house money in a game two and you're just kind of going out there playing freely when your best player isn't out there and you're kind of just going to get shots up sometimes the game gets weird like it just does like it's there's like those trap game elements to it 
but I do think kind of when a team has the best player on the floor, I think eventually uh, they'll probably close it out late. Okay, I'm going to go with the Knicks, man. I feel like this game, this series has got to be evened out. Knicks are back against the wall at this point. They're also a team that's with house money. I mean, most pontificators, pundits, didn't even think that they'd be in this position in the second round. So for right now, it's a successful season. Uh, obviously, I want to see them go further than this. But I think they're going to win tomorrow. Um, I expect I expect a battle. I expect the battle. If Jimmy doesn't play, though, it's 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 hard it's, it's hard for me to see where all that offense comes from, though. Yeah. If Jimmy doesn't play, it's hard for me to see where all that offense. I, I would I would expect like an eight point win for the Knicks. So I'm gonna go like, and these have been low scoring games. These have been very low scoring games. But I'll go with like, one oh five, just because the Knicks three point shooting hasn't been there. I'm gonna go one oh five, like ninety eight, something like something along those lines. That's how I'm feeling for tomorrow. Okay. But Brady, thank you for coming on and previewing this game with me. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. If you got any work coming up that we should be on the lookout for and all that. Uh, Twitter is at BradyHawk305. Uh, and we have the Five on the Floor podcast that just covers all Miami Heat stuff. So I'm sure this <laughs> Knicks TV is going <laughs> to love love that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure uh, all of Knicks Nation really wants to tune in to a Miami Heat podcast. Uh, I'm sure. Eh, you never know, man. Yeah. There's, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a lot of listeners that are just big NBA fans and they love to keep up to date with all the teams uh, around the league. So I would not be surprised whatsoever. But Brady, appreciate you coming on once again. And that is Brady Hawk, who is the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. And once again, Knicks Nation, salute to all of you for tuning in. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. And remember, if you can't go to MSG tomorrow to go catch the game live, and if you don't want to stay at home and you want to go hang out with the rest of Knicks Nation, make sure to go to kftdplayoffs.com to go get your tickets to Jay-Z's 4040 Club, okay? Make sure to get there an hour before the doors open. So if the game starts at 7.30, make sure to get there at 6.30. That way you can go get your drinks, get settled in, Chat up with some people, you know. Uh, Come on, guys. You got to go have fun, especially watching these games. And make sure to go support the Orange and Blue as they take take on the Miami Heat once again. Also, make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com where you can find Remy's recaps after every single game. He breaks down every single player and tells you how they performed throughout the entire game. Appreciate you, Knicks Nation. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Salute to all the channel members. Salute to all the mods. We'll catch you tomorrow. Post game, play by play, pre game, all that good stuff. We out of here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.